you are tuned in to a fireside chat with Zany Mystic. Join us now on another exciting metaphysical journey. Relax, tune in, drop out and take a seat by the fire as we explore new realms and possibilities. This is Magenta Pixie. You can find me at magentapixie.weebly.com. But now, here is Zany Mystic and guest. Enjoy the show. Greetings, and welcome to A Fireside Chat with Zany Mystic. I'm your host, Lance White. Tonight, an old friend returns to the show, Laura Bruno. Laura is a, trained, <laughs> Laura is a trained medical intuitive who does soul readings and intuitive coaching. She is versed in the Tarot, Reiki, and inspires and empowers visionaries and healers. She has written three books, If I Only Had a Brain Injury, Schizandra in the Gates of Moo, and an e-book, Lazy Raw Foodist's Guide. Laura spends her time, her free time, painting, organic gardening, listening to sacred chants, traveling, reading, and writing, and taking her passion of earth healing and gardening to the next level. Laura is in final project stage of completing her permaculture design certificate. Uh, she probably has that already. You can access and subscribe to her wonderful blog and find links to her other two sites here at www.lazyrawfoodist.com. So, without further ado, let's welcome her to the show now. Hi, Laura. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? Oh, just great. As great as great can be. <laughs> good. Yeah, wild times, but some good things are happening for a lot of people, it seems like. It does seem that way, and a lot of bad things <laughs> to some other people. It yeah. It seems to be kind intense. of a division of labor, you know, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, um, so, uh, you've done, you've actually, uh, since I last talked to you, which was quite a while ago, uh, you completed at least one move, maybe two? Uh, just one. One, yeah. okay. Well, well, sort of two. I, I moved when we were living in Goshen, Indiana, and I was doing the big permaculture project, which I did finish, um, I took over the house next door as an office, and so that was kind of a mini-move. But then in uh, June of 2017, we moved up to Kalamazoo, Michigan, and we've been there ever since. Oh, how do you like it there? We love it. Oh, good. Cal- uh, what is it? Cal- <laughs> Kalamazoo? Kalamazoo. <laughs> uh, I've heard of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's one of those strange uh, city names that you don't forget. Yeah, they have magnets that say, yes, there really is a Kalamazoo. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, that's great that you love it. Um, yeah. It's nice to like the place where you live. Yeah, it's a good balance. Mm-hmm. Lots of uh, lots of fun little day trips you can take. Lots of good organic food and arts and creativity and just kind of a lot of hiking and fun stuff around. So we enjoy it. <clears throat> Have they gotten into uh, any of the uh, big city problems that are being uh, talked about so much, such as? Um, are they concerned about 5G or uh, any of the well, things? Well, you know, it's sort of an interesting thing, actually. Kalamazoo is one of the test cities for 5G, so supposedly oh. we've had 5G now for over a year. Huh. But I have not been able to find out where it was installed, and I've done a significant amount of research trying to find out those areas, and 
I've, I've not been able to learn anything. So as far as I know, we haven't had any complications with it. Uh-huh. Um, it's not, I know it's not in, we're in a, a township, um, so although our address is Kalamazoo and literally up the street is Kalamazoo, the city, mm. we are in Oshimo Township, so we're just, our stuff is slightly different. But, um, yeah, I mean, we kind of have a little microcosm going on here of a lot of the, the big battles that are going on <laughs> around the country. Okay. But it's still very nice. There's oh, kind good. of a, a down-home relaxed vibe about it, and there's a big uh, sort of charity culture here. There's, oh, there's nice. families that have lived in Kalamazoo for many, 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 many years and have set up funds like we are. Um, they have the Kalamazoo Promise, so <clears throat> if kids go to kindergarten through senior year of high school, then um, their college is taken care of. And so, I mean, there's just some things like that that kind of level the playing field. So although there, there are segments of the population that have a lot of poverty, the opportunities are still there for them. So, Oh, um, good. Special place. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't say that about every place. <laughs> no. We, we researched this place well, and I've lived in... I want to say 43 different locations. Oh, that's so, right. You traveled a lot as a as a child, didn't you? Uh, not as a child, as no? an adult. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I moved an awful lot as an adult. And so mostly on the West Coast and the Southwest and the Pacific Northwest, but mm. um, but also some in in uh, the Midwest and so yeah, it's been it's been an interesting journey, but Kalamazoo sort of meets a lot of the middle ground of a lot of the areas that that we have lived in collectively. My husband mm. also used to travel internationally a lot, so oh, okay. between us we've been to a lot of places. <clears throat> well, you know, I uh, checked into your blog today just to, I don't know why, just to look at it <laughs> <laughs> and have the link so I could include it. <clears throat> and I noticed that, of course, this, our show was uh, was mentioned at the top, but even more important, Timothy Glenn has a new post mm-hmm. the super conscious technique and i have not had a chance to read it yet but he is one of my favorite well you know you're one of my favorite but tim is really one of my favorite bloggers because <laughs> he really gets meat and potatoes out there in his in his uh writing and he's yeah, a good and writer always in, in kind of a, a fun light-hearted way yeah yeah he's talking serious topics yes and i like that because if you mm-hmm. can't have fun with a, a topic then you're kind of you know, it's it's not quite the same. Yeah. The, the levity. Well, yeah. Go ahead. The levity lightens up the 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 drama and the uh, severity of the situation. Yeah, because I mean, as you were saying earlier, I mean, there there are a lot of challenges that people are going through, and also just collectively, there's so much intense energy right now, and mm-hmm. I think there's a great deal of opportunity when chaos comes up, but mm-hmm. um, for all the seriousness and all the healing work that people are doing, I think it's really important to have a sense of humor and to be able to laugh at yourself and mm-hmm. laugh at situations, and a lot of times that's when the inspiration will come in, when you kind of look away and you're not taking yourself so seriously. Yeah. That's when the answer comes. Absolutely. 
Yeah. I I think I would be dead today if I didn't have my sense of humor. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so um, there were some things that you were talking about that I had never heard of before, <clears throat> and I thought maybe it would be good for me to get some clarification because they sounded pretty important. And okay. you were talking about Lyme disease. That was one of them, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there were some other medical uh, conditions, and I don't have it on my sheet here in front of me, but I'm sure you can remember what we, you know, what you said. Yeah, so in, in my medical intuitive work and coaching, I I have sort of, I mean, I work with all sorts of people, but I have a very large proportion of clients that either contact me because they have Lyme disease hmm. or they just happen to have had Lyme disease and somehow they find me through that, but that's not why they're calling me. They're calling me for life path things or, or other issues that are related. But I find, well, first of all, a lot of people don't realize this, but Lyme disease is actually a huge epidemic. Um, in the U.S., but also around the world, and it's one of the most misdiagnosed conditions. So um, a lot more people have Lyme than realize they have Lyme, and I get clients that got bitten by a tick in their, you know, early years, like Mm -hmm. age five or something, and they went through doctor after doctor after doctor for like 25 years before somebody finally said, oh, you know what, you have Lyme disease, and they test them and they treat them for it and they start recovering. But it's a long haul if you've had it for that long. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, but I find that it kind of clusters in the same general vibration, and, and I see a lot of crossover with people that have had brain injuries, and hmm. which I have had. Um, and so they tend to happen to people that are pretty advanced souls, um, pretty, like, they, this is not their, your first time around here. Um, a lot of times the, the lifetimes of people that have Lyme disease or a brain injury can seem sort of eerily faded in the sense of having really, really good luck, you know, things really mm-hmm. open up, or really, really bad luck, the things just slam shut, and it's so obvious that you cannot pass go here, like, you have <laughs> to do this healing process, and those kinds of illnesses, so Lyme disease, a lot of the co-infections, um, brain injury, sometimes brain cancer, um, things that affect the neurological system and mm-hmm. things that kind of tend to stop you in your tracks mm. are really good teachers. They're oh, yes. initiators. Right. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's very interesting work. It's, it's definitely a gift. To, to be able to help people because it's lonely going through those kinds of illnesses and injuries. You know, the regular medical community is learning more about them, but still doesn't really get it. And so it's, it's good when you're going through that kind of a process to have someone that has some understanding of the types of archetypes that come up, the types of issues that you tend to face, and also... None of those are linear healing trajectories. They're all these kind of very complex labyrinths. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, um, so don't, don't try this at home, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You might but, end up uh, slipping out of a portal somewhere. <laughs> Sometimes that's how you get well. <laughs> you, you find true. the portal and 
Yeah, yes. finding a nonlinear relationship with time is really key in healing those sorts of things. Uh huh. Right. Right. So what? Uh, I am I, still unclear about what causes Lyme disease and why it should be such an epidemic. Well, it's originally thought to be caused by a tick bite if the tick is infected with uh, the Borrelia bacteria. But there's different stages of ticks, and so when people think of a tick, a lot of times they think of just you know the black bug that you see. But some of them are so small, and they can also be infected in the larval stage, and mm. you won't even see that. Um, I spoke at a Lyme disease conference back in 2011, and some of the doctors there were saying that um, Borrelia was used in some vaccines as, as an, I forget how to say the word, adjuvant or something. It's basically something that irritates your immune system so that you're, you get an immune response to create the antibodies to whatever you're having the vaccine for. But the problem with Lyme being in there is that it creates a massive <laughs> immune response or non, you know, you either get a really hyperactive autoimmune condition or like n- no immune system. So, um, so it, some people have gotten it that way. It's related to syphilis. So there's a lot of mm. thinking that it may be sexually transmitted. Um, it, I have had clients where they gave it to their children, like when they're, um, so they got pregnant when they had Lyme disease, and now their child has horrible Lyme and was born oh. with it. Wow. So, yeah, there's, there's lots of ways to get it. And what I've found is that it, it really is a vibrational illness. I mean, everything is. Everything has a frequency. But I find that if it's so tricky to treat that, it's like whack-a-mole. You're, you know, this <laughs> symptom, that symptom, that symptom. But if you can lift your vibration out of that particular range, then you can essentially live symptom-free. And the cool thing is that when you lift yourself into that vibrational range, you're also living a really magical life and getting really good at manifesting and time becomes very malleable. So it, it is the spiritual initiation process. Mm. And that's one reason that I find it, really interesting work to to work with people that are going through that. Well, um, and what other fields have you been working in in terms of uh, food and gardening and things that uh, give us sustenance? Uh, so I'm still gardening. I When I lived in Goshen, I, I mean, pretty much my main project when I wasn't doing work was doing this huge food forest and mm. and getting my permaculture design certificate and I mean it I it's a huge food forest there. Is that it like was an, a lot of work. <laughs> is that like an edible forest? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we had I love that trees. idea. Yeah, it it was really I mean, the challenge was it was so ugly there. There was a lot of industrial um buildings and railroad tracks and i mean for me every everywhere else that i've lived i've chosen for beauty and so that was a real trial for me and i had to make my own beauty so um i really did it primarily for that but also the learning experience and just to heal the land but when we moved up here we decided that i needed to have a more manageable kind of like a cottage garden 
because I want to get a lot more writing done, and I have actually since we moved here. So it's kind of like you can either spend that much time out in the yard or you can spend half that time in the yard and write books and paint and do other things. So, oh. um, so I had to one. moderate. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been doing that. We're still eating a lot of organic foods and... Um, I'm not vegan anymore, but, but still eat mostly vegan, and that's pretty much how I cook. And So um, lots of good plant foods, and um, mostly just we're, we're really finding our balance here and, and enjoying a lot of the really good food and clean food options to eat out and travel around on Lake Michigan and up and down the coast and... Um, and in between all that, doing sessions and writing books and working on some art, and um, it's just kind of the whole package is what I'm aiming for. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, that sounds pretty comprehensive. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it sounds like a great idea. Who knows, yeah. maybe you could teach other people how to do that. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's some of what I think my books are aiming at. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I could teach permaculture, but we've actually got some pe- people that really specialize in that, in this area. That's all that they do. Mm. And, and so they run the classes, and they have all kinds of training opportunities and weekends and all of that. And I feel like while I have a lot of interest in that and I'm happy to support people kind of on a, more of an individual level with it, that's not my particular life path. So um, I have a very busy life path, and I, I can't add too many more things to it right now. Okay. Laura would get spread a little too thin, I guess. Yeah, I'm a Gemini, but I'm not that big of a Gemini. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I uh, certainly do know a little something about that sign. <laughs> Now, you're doing, weren't you doing some kind of uh, food forest or uh, something with your land where you are? Right. Well, I didn't get a chance to bulldoze it last year and uh, level it out so that we could have, uh, you know, uh, deciduous plants and uh, native plants that were drought tolerant. And uh, so I had to wait a year, and now I have the, enough funds to cover that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to be in touch with the person who does the bulldozing, and we're going to flatten out the terraces and put in a fire pit mm-hmm. and uh, semicircular because the whole backyard is um, underneath the stars, and there are no uh, there are no streetlights. Mm-hmm. So you have a really clear view of the stars at night and the unidentified flying objects that I see every yeah. night. <laughs> and uh, and I do see them; they're there. In fact, I had um, a fellow who uh, does investigations. He was nice enough to come out and uh, bring his equipment and test, you know, several things. And he was absolutely certain that they there were they were there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and I was certain already, but <laughs> I wanted somebody that was in the know to be certain, and he he definitely was certain. Mm-hmm. So um, they're there sometimes almost every night, and they move in strange directions. And uh, I have a monocular that works in the night time, so 
I'm going to see if I can see them a little better with that, and if that doesn't work, I'll get a larger telescope, and, you know, I want to find out what these things are mm-hmm. and look at them, because, I mean, they're they're interesting. That's, you know, the most unusual thing about them is that they're, they don't move in any particular direction, but they can move in any direction. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so, and they don't look like they come from our uh, back-engineered research. Uh, mm-hmm. And if they did, they probably wouldn't be out there showing off. Yeah, I've, I've had, I don't talk about this very much at all, but I've, I've had a lot of bizarre ET kinds of things and fairy things, and, and sometimes there can be some crossover. I mean, a, a lot of the ancient fairy stories sounds eerily like a lot of UFO contact stories. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I, I don't doubt you on that, and, and especially certain areas on, on the West Coast where you get the really clear skies. There's some interesting things that you see when you're out at Oh, night. yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, people, are, I have a feeling that that will be increasing, you know, over the next few years and on into you know, the time after these few years that uh, there are going to be many more things showing up in our lives that uh, we didn't know were there. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so much talk now about the secret space program, and there may be more than one secret space program, not just one. There may be one for each of the military branches. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the Navy has a solid one, and there may be others that are studying other aspects of uh, extraterrestrial uh, discoveries, and the latest and the most explosive being in Antarctica. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we still don't have a finger on the pulse of that yet, but a few whistleblowers have talked about it, and we're getting starting to get the, you know, the lay of the land out there, and that there's an mm-hmm. ancient city. Right. Um, but uh, you probably know more about it than I do. I know some about it. I, I actually had a friend that used to work in Antarctica, um, although not in any top-secret capacity, so I, I don't have any kind of whistleblower information on that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen some of the maps that they've they've uncovered with, Mm-hmm. What is that that they do? It's like a, some kind of radar thing or something where they can tell what's underneath the ice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've seen some of those, and, and that's pretty interesting. But I, I haven't given a lot of focus on that, just mostly because I've I've been just experiencing so much cosmic weirdness in, in my own life. Yeah. And, I know. And just in the lives of other people that I know, that that's like the here and now, literally the here and now is, is plenty interesting uh, without actually having to really do a ton of research on on other areas. So, uh, but it is pretty fascinating. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. In fact, that's kind of a. After all these years, I've been doing this show for over fourteen years, <clears throat> and in the beginning, I you know I was just starting out. I didn't know what <laughs> what direction to go in or you know, how to get guests or anything like that, but I was very lucky. I had Jean-Claude Coven was my first guest, and he was a delightful man, and uh, he wrote a book called Going Deeper, which is quite excellent. And um, so after all these years and talking to people who have had uh, abduction experiences, Jim Sparks uh, was one of them. He was a real estate agent, 
and he was pulled onto those ships for 14 years, and he resisted. And he finally gave in. And when he did, everything changed. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping to get him back on the show. And But I had uh, uh, Judy Carroll on the show, who's involved with the Grays and uh, the Positive Grays. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's a wonderful person. And Mary, uh, uh, Mary, oh, I had the name on, my, on the tip of my tongue. Oh, gosh. Well, I'll think of it before the show is over. Mm-hmm. You should have uh, Mike Cleland on there. Have you had him on? Who? Mike Cleland? No, I haven't. He, now, he, his books are great. and uh, In fact, um, so he has two books out now called The Messengers. Uh, one is uh, Synchronicity, UFOs, Owls, Synchronicities, and the UFO Abductee. And then the second one is stories from the messengers. And actually, my my ET UFO stories are in stories from the messengers. I, I was one of the people that he interviewed. But he's he's a very fascinating guy that looks at a lot of the intersections between um, shamanism and UFO ET contact and Reiki and healing and. Uh, telepathy and orbs, and uh, it would be kind of right up your alley. It sounds wonderful, so I'll have to look him up. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and if you know him, you might put in the word. I will do that. And that always helps. I like to get uh, guests that are referred by friends because, you know, it kind of keeps it in the family. Mm-hmm. And uh, And I find the people that are not necessarily on the, you know, on the front lines, you know, uh, taking hits uh, like David Icke, um, mm-hmm. uh, he's pretty prominent out there. And Alex Jones was another one. And uh, I prefer the more subdued uh, mm-hmm. truth teller, frankly. And mm-hmm. uh, Oli Damagard does a good job of that with the false flags. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a wonderful man, and uh, he's really accumulated a great deal of information about how they're done. Um, and so I, I always jump at having him back because he's so interesting and and knowledgeable about all of that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, I will look Mike Clellan up. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I just think that there's, there's kind of this nexus of interest that all seem to dovetail and um, healing, and, and I know you've done healing work as well. Mm-hmm. And, intuition and just i mean it's not even just ets it's kind of just an awareness that mm-hmm. that this world is not just what your two eyes see that, right. that there are other dimensions and there are other ways of communicating and right that you can um raise your level of awareness and things it's not just that things are suddenly appearing it's that you're suddenly much more aware of of things that were maybe always there. There, yes, of course. And, uh, you know, I I tend to think that the invisible realms are more real than the visible. Mm-hmm. At least yeah. for me. Me too. <laughs> because, you know, once you, once you clear away the visible, then you're left with what is at the essence of creation. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is, and it can be many things. It's, you know not just one thing or a million things. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah, I mean, it's frequency. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. It is frequency. And uh, everything seems to run to uh, run in certain frequencies. And we can tell when we're not running in a high frequency. We're, um, it's not too difficult to spot. Mm-hmm. And we can change our frequency if we want to mm-hmm. and uh, raise it. And it tends to give us a higher perspective and allows us to uh, kind of climb out of the pit of normal, mundane uh, realities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the big thing that I notice with a lot of people is that there are an increasing number of people that are having more of an empathic experience. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, people like you, people like me, people that have either had a health crisis and they had to turn more towards alternative healing or people that just were psychic, you know, right from childhood, mm-hmm. already know that, that you can kind of pick things up from other people or that you can go to a place and feel what happened there before, even if it happened hundreds of years ago, if it hasn't been cleared. Yes. And I find that there's a lot more people that just don't have any context for this that are suddenly <laughs> feeling all of this intensity that's going on, and a lot of it isn't even their issue, which is why they're having a hard time clearing it. They're like, I can't get out of this bad mood. Why Why do I feel this way? And it's like, okay, do an energy brush off, you know, sage yourself. And, <laughs> right. oh, it went away. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because it wasn't yours. Wow. Yeah. So um, I, I'm finding that there, I, I think it's a good sign. I mean, it's troubling, obviously, to people if, if you have no awareness of it and suddenly you're blindsided by other people's energy. But I think it's a good sign in general of humanity awakening that we're becoming more uh, more conscious of each other as, as a species, that humanity is becoming more conscious of how interconnected we are and how... Um, how our energy can affect other people, how other people's energy can affect ours, and that if you hold that that higher frequency, that you actually can become the calm within the storm instead of adding to the chaos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> well, we, uh, technically, we could do some kind of uh, healing energy thing uh, tonight. Uh, you have a guinea pig, me. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, I know that you do Reiki and uh, other forms of uh, healing, but, uh, you know, we don't have to do that, but I just thought it was something that, you know... Yeah, I think it's going to just kind of emit out anyway, but um, usually if if I'm going to really do, like, a a Reiki treatment, I get really quiet, and I'm I'm not generally on the phone when I'm doing that. Okay, right. Um, But but I kind of just run Reiki all the time anyway, because mm-hmm. it's, it's a clean energy. Although, um, Ann Krylkamp, who I, I think you know also, uh, sent me a link today that the, the uh, Catholic Church has decided that uh, while, while the pedophilia, you know, let's put that under the rug, that uh, Reiki is satanic, which I'm just like, what? <laughs> so... Wow. So ev- everybody's got their their little take up is down and in is out and things are things that are healing and liberating are suddenly very scary and so um, 
I just aim for trying to have a, a healing, harmonious presence. Mm-hmm. You know, highest highest good of all, and however that plays out. But uh, yeah, I, I think with you, I mean, just intuitively, the sense I get with you is is that your breath is is a a very powerful tool for you that mm-hmm. you could be using even more consciously in your daily life and, and that that would have a, a strengthening aspect on your immune system, but also um, really increase your uh, sort of bubble of influence, just some real slow inhale, pause, and then very, very slow exhale. Mm-hmm. Simple to do. But mm. just doing that even for five minutes a day for you, I think you'll find that it really expands your own personal field and mm. makes you more of a more of a force. Uh, I mean, you already are a force, but uh, <laughs> right. But but a sort of a, a bigger influence on the surrounding area for you. Well, yeah, it is nice to be able to help more people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I'm not hung up on the idea by any means, but. You know, whenever that's possible, I I do like to do that. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever find that things in your microcosm are totally tapped into what's going on in the macrocosm, and you can kind of change a little something in your home space, or or do a symbolic act or something, and then it it somehow connects with the larger? Yeah. Sometimes I've noticed that. Mhm. Um. I've, more often, I've noticed synchronicities, mm-hmm. and uh, they haven't been quite as uh, frequent uh, this last few months, but <clears throat> there are times when they're just almost nonstop, mm-hmm. to the point that uh, it feels as if uh, that's all there is, the synchronicities, and <laughs> anything that isn't synchronicity, it isn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, do you notice any patterns with that? It seems to be uh, various uh, triggers that couldn't have happened, uh, at least in my mind, you know, like having my name on the side of a, a bread truck or something, Lance's Bread or something, and then, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. several other things right after that, all tying in together. And uh, if the synchronicities increase, then I find that they're going somewhere and that I would be wise to pay attention to them and see what it is they're trying to tell me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that's kind of a trick, too, um, to find out what <clears throat> what these are trying to tell you. But as they happen quicker and quicker and quicker, and I mean, sometimes they happen right on the backs of one of, of, one of the other ones. Mm-hmm. And then there's no doubt in my mind that uh, that's part of the domino swelling or the this particular set of uh, synchronicities. Yeah, I find that I get, I mean, I always have tons of synchronicities, like, every day. But um, 
but there's sort of the the more mundane kind of the universe is giving you a little smile and nod, and then there's those times where, like you're describing, where it's synchronicity after synchronicity, and <coughs> it does have the effect of kind of making you pay a lot more attention. And yes. Me, I, I I get my intuition way out there, my spidey sense is way up. <laughs> okay, what are you trying to tell me? Something must be important because now I'm paying attention. Well, I had a period of time, and this was in San Francisco when I was with a friend of mine, and we did some uh, experiments up at my house here where I'm living now in energy work, and we were basically drawing energy from the fire and throwing energy balls at each other and catching them, so that was kind of harmless and fun. And um, for some reason, when we returned to San Francisco, everything was in total synchronicity. I mean, there was nothing that wasn't in synchronicity, and I could see the trees. Uh, uh, it was kind of like trees don't really grow. They they are formed in each minute or in each second or nanosecond, and they change. They're, they're created, in other words. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I saw that, and then... Uh, uh, people would look, would give me um, special words, you know, like, uh, you know, the word of the day or something. And uh, one old lady said something that was very poignant, and I can't remember what it was, but it was, um, you know, rather uh, profound, and I felt like it meant something. Um, and so uh, every moment was like that. Mm-hmm. And there was no anywhere my head turned, I saw something that related to synchronicity for me, and it was very personal. It's like the universe is a very personal place, and it delivers these messages. And I suspect that everything that happens to us uh, during the day, uh, no matter how uh, unenlightened we think we are, that we could look at those same experiences and garner some lessons from them. Mm-hmm that would uh, help us uh, in the reflection of our uh, own lives. Because everything is there. It's a magic carpet ride. Yeah. I mean, it it is a really uh, full and and very responsive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and it is a matter of paying attention. I, I have... Uh, I've had clients over the years. Sometimes they'll they'll say to me, you know, I'm I've been praying for guidance and I got nothing. And I'm like, what do you mean you have you got nothing? I'm like, tell me about your week. And they proceed to tell me the most amazing things that yeah. happen. And and everything is so linked, but they're not. But they're just telling it like in this kind of monotone voice, like see. And, <laughs> and I'll be like, well, wait a minute, you know. But don't you think it was a little odd? And you know, what do you think the odds were that that this and this happened within five minutes of each other. Right. Oh, well, now that you mention it. <laughs> and, and it and so it, it kind of has made me realize that um, there, there is a factor of are you paying attention? Because Absolutely. It really does sync up very, very beautifully. It's like an abstract painting. You can find all kinds of things in it if you look. But if you're just kind of not looking, then you may not notice how things actually connect. Absolutely, yeah. And it it, it does require, I mean, I think everything that relates to consciousness and 
awakening and all these other things, synchronicity and the rest, it really all requires us being awake and aware in each moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can't um, be in a different moment and uh, have your mind try to figure something out about it because it doesn't work that way. Right. <laughs> so um, being present is the best way mm-hmm. uh, i found to um, kind of hold those realities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you have to be careful with the interpretation because you can you can go way off on oh, yeah. interpretations and <laughs> and you know it's it's fun to do sometimes you're like oh i wanted this and then this happened and this happened so therefore that means this and and it doesn't mm. always mean that because mm. i find that that there is still a mystery in the universe i mean it and it, like a mystery with a capital m and you're never going to figure the whole thing out and that's part of the point and so I find that even with the most uncanny visions that I have, and, and sometimes, I mean, I have visions sometimes 20 years in advance or something, I'll see something and, and it eventually comes to pass, but during those other 19 years, it's like, okay, well, what was that? But there's always kind of the exactitude of it, but then at the same time, there's some little tag in there that is a reminder of, you don't know everything. And, you know, you, it's mm-hmm. like you, it, and I find it very beautiful. I know for a lot of people it's very frustrating. It's like, I want the answer and I want to know now and I mm-hmm. want to know how this is going to turn out. And I'm like, but it, it would kind of ruin the story if you knew everything. It's, it's mm-hmm. cool to have some foreshadowing and, and some little uh, signs that, that there's some benevolent help out there. But I don't know. I, I like to have the mystery, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I mean, life without mystery would be uh, kind of boring. Yeah, and, and it's just, I mean, it's like you looking at that clear sky. I mean, uh. it's awe-inspiring. And there's something just very mystical and grounding about realizing how big everything is, but also how small those little details can be and just how personal it can be. And that kind of paradox of you are this itty bitty teeny tiny little thing and yet you you are having this universe that's talking to you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think it's amazing it, it is it's phenomenal and uh, <clears throat> one time i had a friend who uh we were both um we were on some kind of uh, hallucinogenic drug i think and <clears throat> He uh, he uh, was taken out of his body, and I was awake, and I noticed that there was a wave coming towards my head, and I thought, oh, my God, because I knew it was going to hit, and I didn't know what it would do. Well, it, my leg stretched out to infinity, and my head went out the other direction, and then I turned into a pane of glass going uh, horizontally, I guess, and then I lost consciousness. So I was like a, a thin piece of of material that was being held in in uh, stasis. <clears throat> well, he had a God experience, and he was able to. When he came back, he was able to describe how God could talk to every person, and every person could have a personal God. 
And I understood it at the time because it made sense, because he drew out a diagram, and I had the diagram. But I couldn't probably explain it right now. <laughs> but I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I I just find that it's it's those kinds of very, very personal, but they're also kind of universal, mystical mm-hmm. experiences, right? I mean, Hildegard von Bingen and Tibetan monks and, uh, you know, Sufi dancers. And, I mean, there, there's a lot of commonality even in these seemingly different religions and philosophies. And mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's something there. How... Um how do you uh, are, are do you partake of religions or are you more um, uh, not new age but uh, more uh, maybe pagan or yeah well I'm, I'm not I'm definitely I'm not new age actually a lot of people mistakenly think that I am but I'm I'm very not and I actually really don't like a lot of new age stuff yeah me I too I find that it causes a lot of problems for people because it's not grounded. Um, so, I mean, I guess you could say that I'm I'm sort of on a pagan spectrum, but I, I'm I'm more like a pantheist. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I, it's like everything seems holy to me. I mean, and the other thing is that when I when I see something that is really ugly, or you know, by by definition, something that's really not harmonious or really ugly or um, fractured or something like that. Mm. Um, a lot, and I've I've had a lot of these kinds of experiences that other people would call, you know, oh that's evil, or you're you're in the face of something really really bad. But it, this seems to be some part of my life path where I can still find the beauty. I mean, it might take really digging around, but right. I can still find that little spark of beauty. And, I mean, the the situation has to want it. You know, the person has to either want to bring that out or the um, the land or whatever. But um, having had those kinds of experiences at a really young age and just continuing to have those experiences, um, I, yeah, I, I, I guess I would call myself more of, of an animist or a pantheist or something. I mean, I, I see... I see God not in the traditional sense, but I see sparks of divinity in pretty much everything. And um, depending on on my focus in the moment, that's either overwhelmingly obvious or it's just something that I'm kind of aware of. But it's always there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I, I kind of got kicked out of Sunday school. I, I had a hard time with organized religion. because oh, I, I, I was too. Yeah, I was really curious. I mean, I, I've been this very mystical person since I was a, a little kid. And at five years old, I remember sitting in church with my parents and listening to a sermon. I don't, I don't remember the details of the sermon anymore, but I remember that I was very curious about the details of the sermon. And I went home and I asked my parents about it. And they were like, well, that's kind of complicated. I don't know. You should, if you really want to know, write to the minister. So I wrote to the minister, and, you know, my little age five handwriting dyslexia and everything, but wrote a little letter to the minister, and, and he was like, well, I did my, my uh, 
theology dissertation or whatever it's called on this topic, and it's really complicated. And, and But I never stopped questioning, and by the time I was 10, I was asked not to return to Sunday school because they thought I was just like a smartass. But I, I wasn't trying to undercut them. I really wanted to know the answers. And it, I guess it made a lot of people uncomfortable, so they just <laughs> said, you know, maybe don't come back. So, <laughs> so I, yeah. <laughs> the story of my life. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean any harm. I, I was right. wondering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, you do so many wonderful projects. For instance, the, uh, the idea of uh, making a radical transformation to paint discarded dirty doors into portals of intention mm-hmm. now how, how does those look i mean how do they respond to you as uh as uh, portals of intention well uh, you want to know they work first of all i started yeah. painting these because i had dreams about them for wow. a long like six months or something in uh, 2009, I just kept dreaming of doors, and I kept dreaming that I was supposed to be living in Indiana. I was living in Sonoma County, and I loved living there. I had no desire to move to Indiana, but these dreams were so insistent, and the doors were part of the dream. So I, I told a good friend of mine in um, Santa Rosa, California, I was like, yeah, I keep having these dreams about these doors, and I'm painting them, and I'm putting symbols on them, and there's like these old doors, and she said, oh, you mean like these two doors that I just found in my garage? <laughs> and they were antique doors, and, and her dad was an artist, and so he was really excited about supporting an art project, so they strapped the door on the top of her little car and drove it to our house, and then they got the other door and drove it to the house, and, and I painted those. And um, and then I when I got divorced and moved to Chicago, I happened to move in – I mean – dreams and synchronicities and, you know, you must live in this apartment and everything. So I I moved to the apartment and I asked the manager, you know, this is an antique, you know, old building. If you have any antique doors, I paint them. And she's like, well, I don't know why we would have that. And then a friend of mine found another door for me. So I went up to Evanston and painted that portal. And when I came back, the manager was kind of freaking out. And she said, well, I, I talked to the maintenance guy, and he says there's a whole attic full of doors right above your apartment, and the owner of the building wouldn't let him throw them away five years ago when he was cleaning out the attic because he said they were going to be really important and somebody was going to come for them. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it, it was interesting. But I just paint intentions, usually if there's some... My life is very microcosm, macrocosm, so, I mean, it's it's uncanny but it's happened for so long that if something's going on in my little life then there's some major mega parallel going on in the outer world either in my local environment or national or state or something so i usually paint the portals for a personal reason and and the portal journey is sort of from the current status to Mm. the preferred status and i use runes and um, oh, I've, I've done things with tarot and other symbols, and um, I usually have a quote that has something to do with a door or, or a gateway or something like that. And so what I found, and, and they're sort of primitive, sort of like folk art in, in sort of. 
Um, there's like folk art if folk art included Sanskrit and runes. <laughs> um, what I have found is now I've been living with these doors because I have a lot of them in our house. Um, some were commissioned, and you know those they did the trick for the people that commissioned them. But um, the ones that I've had in our house, it's almost like I I was painting them for the one thing that I thought I was painting them for. But then sometimes years later, a door will fall on me, like literally just fall on me, or I will trip and somehow run into the door. And and it's kind of one of these things where y- you know you're not really doing this. Like I, I, It's not like I hit the door and it falls. It's like the door would spontaneously fall, and it's almost like it would activate whatever was encoded on that door, and then it... it manifest in life in a much bigger way, kind of like the next level of the spiral or something. So it's been very curious to watch these things. They're, they're kind of animated in a way. Uh, and, I, and I didn't know that. I mean, I was just dreaming them. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I, I need to paint this. And then doors are so big and heavy that now I do canvases and Somehow there's a, a door or a portal in the canvas, but mm. uh, same idea basically. Just you know, you don't need quite as much space, and they're not quite as heavy as actual mm-hmm. door. <clears throat> well, years ago when I was living in Hollywood with a girlfriend, it was a tiny little apartment the size of a postage stamp, and I was painting uh, Trompe L'œil, uh, which mm. was you know various objects that looked like they were real, but they weren't, mm-hmm. and so that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, <laughs> I uh, kind of did uh, some paintings over the years and uh, got a little bit of experience in that, but um, I've, I've kind of dropped away from it, and I want to get back to it now. Mm-hmm. seems like it's time to pick it up again. Yeah, I, I think with Neptune and Pisces, you know, there's a lot of creative inspiration flowing mm. and... And I just look at it, too. I mean, my, my first love is art, and, and mm-hmm. I always return to it. I mean, I, I'll go for a while where I'm working on writing projects or doing other things, but I always come back to the art as this is what I would do all day long if I could. Mm-hmm. Like, I just love it. And, and I consider gardening, uh, you know, because I, when I garden, it's, it's also got a big aesthetic component. Oh, yeah, sort of yeah. Like, um, painting with flowers and Mm -hmm. colors. Um, But I I feel like it's a way of um, kind of transmuting a lot of the harsher energies that that we're being bombarded with in our society right now. I mean, people have gotten online, a lot of people have just gotten so nasty to each other. And there's just so much vitriol in... Mm -hmm. hyper-reactivity. I think when we emailed, I was saying that Black Moon Lilith is, like, really up for people, which is just this very reactive energy and um, in its grounded state is, like, the goddess of sovereignty and and really being tapped into the divine feminine, but it's, like, that the scary, dark divine feminine that most people are not comfortable with. And... I just feel like with with a lot of that energy going on and Pluto and Capricorn right now dredging up all this shadow stuff, 
that we need things that are harmonious and beautiful, and, and we need to have the arts, and we need to have people creating beautiful sounds and beautiful images, because that's how we're going to bring in the new earth. You know, that's how we're going to bring in what we're capable of. Shadow work's important, but, but you also need to have the beauty. You need to have the fun. You need to have the levity. And so I, I, I would paint if I were you. I think it's important. Well, you know, Laura, we have gone through the entire show, and we're at the last five minutes, <laughs> the last few oh, minutes. Goodness. <laughs> that? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I mean, we just had a leisurely talk, and all of a sudden, boom, it's, uh, we have covered a lot of material, and uh, I just thought it might be a nice opportunity for you to... Uh, if there's anything special that you wanted to share with the listeners or any piece of advice or, you know, anything that uh, would be uplifting, this oh, would be sure. a good time to do it. And so, so um, just... Oh, go ahead. And let them know uh, where your website is. Yeah, so my website, um, it's my, my blog functions as my website. I actually consolidated a bunch of websites just into... Um, my blog, which is laurabruno.wordpress.com, or you can get to it with asklaurabruno.com. Either one will take you there. Um, for anybody that is struggling with Lyme, I have a, a guided journal called Lyme Journal, which is a guided recovery workbook available on Amazon. Oh, good. And, yeah, and just for for the the general... Uh, listener, I would just say, you know, you you have beauty within you, and mm-hmm. don't be afraid to let that have a have the light of day. Don't don't be afraid to let that come out because mm-hmm. we need it. And um, and really, there's so much beauty in the world if you look for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep, it's an inside job. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for having me on again. It's always good to catch up. Oh, yeah. I love having you on the show, Laura. And we always talk about a million and one different things, and I seem to grasp all of it, <laughs> at least while I'm <laughs> awake on the show, and then maybe an hour later I might have to check back and see what what I remember. But, no, it's a, it was a wonderful show. And okay. uh, I wish you all the best in in your little spot of heaven which is um, uh, that strange name city. <laughs> Kalamazoo. <laughs> Kalamazoo, right. That's right. I will yeah. remember that the next time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, be sure and read, everybody, uh, Timothy Glenn's Superconscious Techniques because he is a really good writer and he always contributes something that is empowering. Yeah, and those codes, he told me about those codes a long time ago, and, and they are pretty amazing they they actually do activate dormant parts of you so wonderful um, yeah well, I may sent that article over I may just read that right now <laughs> yeah well Laura it's been fun again and um, we'll talk to you uh, soon not too distant future okay that sounds wonderful you have a wonderful wonderful night uh, you too thank you all right and good night everybody